Hello, everybody. Um, I'm adding this part of the recording uh, after the fact. So there was a slight problem with my upload yesterday. I thought it went up, but it didn't. So instead, I'm going to be uploading this on uh, the 1st of March instead of the 20th of February because for some reason the upload failed and I just let it go when I went to sleep. Uh, very much, I very much apologize for that delay. Anyway, on to the original review. Hello everybody, welcome to the Dragon's Library. So today we are going to be talking about The Cursed. Now this is actually a really interesting horror movie that recently came out. Um, the director is Sean Ellis. <laughs> Sorry about that. I haven't seen any of his other stuff. I think I heard about Anthropod a few years ago. Um, didn't see it. So, you know. Anyway. This is basically a werewolf movie, but kind of with a twist-ish. It's a little weird. Also, the werewolf designs are kind of interesting. More plant-like and organic than normal hairy beast-like werewolves, which is a little uh, weird, you know, strange. Uh, basically, in 19th century France, a few years after the legend of the Beast of Geneva, Gevedon, sorry, takes place. Uh, it's an old legend about a werewolf, one of the first uh, mythological sorts of like what we consider the traditional werewolf, you know, dies from silver, uh, man-beast, werewolf, that kind of thing, preying on town. And these uh, gypsies come to this small community uh, claiming that the land here actually belongs to them. Now, the leaders of the general area who own the land around here all have a stake and all their lands like overlap in the section that they claimed. Uh, and they looks like they might actually have legal claim to the area. So the leader of the community and the guy with like the big, you know, big mansion who oversees the town in, on his land, all that kind of stuff, uh, order, you know, is convinced by some of them to put up a show of force to scare them away. But he ends up murdering them all. Now the gypsies give them a curse with the set of silver teeth they crafted because they've been foreseen, you know, they had noticed the town people weren't exactly wary, uh, you know, were wary of them and they were used to being treated uh, ill, but after they're all brutally murdered, they curse them that they will haunt the town's dreams until someone picks up the teeth and the beast will be unleashed and the monster will avenge them. Um, you know, after that, a group of kids finds it. One of them gets, one of them puts in the teeth in his mouth and bites someone. He gets free, but the other kid starts getting sick and then, you know, vanishes one night. Suddenly there are murders. There's other people going missing after they get sick. And it's your typical werewolf movie, sort of. Uh, caught up in this is John McBride, a pathologist who was also there during the Beast of Jevedon. Uh, he lost his wife and children to another werewolf encounter with that, you know, mytho history right there. So, ensue werewolf plot. Essentially at that point. There are a few interesting twists to it. Like I said, the werewolf mechanics are more like plant growths surrounding them and consuming the person, which is really weird and I'm not sure I like it. Like, it doesn't really feel like a werewolf, that makes sense. It feels like just, like, some more, like, demon possession or something like that. Like, take away the silver and the fact that it was shaped into, like, wolf teeth. And it's not really even a wolf. It's just kind of, like, this big old fleshy thing that's actually a coating, a vine-like flesh blob coating around, like, a human body. A little, little weird. Not really sure how I like it. Again, I think I prefer the more traditional werewolf view. Werewolf is probably my favorite classic movie monster, though, so... You know, I had to go see this. I, I thought it was a werewolf movie. Actually, that was one of the interesting things. From the trailer, I saw this in a trailer for some of the movies I went to go see previously. I think it was, um, God, what was this in front of? I forget. Not important. 
But anyway, when I saw it, I was like, oh, is it a werewolf movie or a vampire movie? I can't really tell. Like, it felt like it was one of those because, you know, it's pathologists coming here because of mysterious disease and the Fang logo. So that could either mean werewolf or vampire. Go either way. I'm kind of like that with werewolf because there aren't enough werewolf movies these days, even if it's a very strange interpretation of werewolves. Uh, the writing is fantastic. The movie that's probably reminded me of the most is The Witch. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, The Witch is like this, you know, Satan demon possession. The girl might be a witch causing all strange things on this farm in the isolated rural town out far, far away from the other colonists in America. And it has that same vibe of, yeah, it feels like there was a reason all these people were scared of supernatural stuff back then. Because if a monster came and got you, you weren't in the middle of, like, most people weren't in the middle of a big bustling city with people around all the time. If a monster tried to attack you, you didn't really have anything you could do other than scream and hope someone happened to be wandering nearby with a gun. Uh, especially when you're out in the townhouse and you're, like, days away from any other shelter. And, or, like, hours away from any shelter and... Scenes where they get attacked in the mansion really do feel like, yeah, there's no one they can turn to. Everyone else is gone. They're just, you know, running for their life. There's no cops for you to go to or anything like that, you know? There's no deus ex machina, essentially. You can't hope the cops are going to get there and the military is going to arrive. I mean, heck, they have to, They ha even after the Beast of Gevanon, which is supposed to be like a real event in this one. And it you know, was a sort of mytho history, I believe. About a beast that was later believed to be a werewolf terrorizing group. It might have been a real wolf that caused the legend, or it might just be some piece of mytho history. But in the end, uh, in this one, the army eventually put it down with a silver bullet. Um, with a piece of silver, and the gypsies came by and said that the killings would stop now that everything, had, now that they had paid the debt for the, the ones they had killed, because apparently the townsfolk had killed some of their own or done some wrong to them. Um, Honestly, the werewolf isn't as scary as the gypsy, the gypsy ghost though. Like, so basically you have this old lady and her, think her son, the son gets his arm and, uh, well, okay, I'm not going to talk about that yet. That's only for spoilers, but basically they are the ones like haunting in addition to the werewolf. So you have like kind of ghosts and werewolves in this one. All in all, the mood is really what sells this piece. Like there's actually not that much dialogue really. It's a very quiet atmospheric movie, which is what made me think of the witch. Um... Yeah, it's good. I would I would recommend you go see it. If you're looking for like a spooky good time, this is definitely one to do. Most of the characters have fairly reasonable actions, and the times they aren't, you can just, you know, say, oh yeah, this is definitely supernatural stuff causing that BS. Uh so yeah. I would give this like a nine out of ten. Go see it. Pretty good. Alright, we're gonna get into spoiler territory now, so if you don't want any spoilers, you know, go ahead and don't do spoilers. Okay, so you have this big family, and the movie starts out really weird with like this opening shot into World War One, uh, I think. And you see a soldier who gets shot and is being brought into the medical tent. And they're like, you know, trying to get all the bullets out of him. But they're like, wait, I think there's one more. And they rip it out and it's a silver bullet. And then he dies peacefully with a smile on his face. Meanwhile, this strange, this uh, old woman who's, pop uh, this other woman who looks like she could be her sister who's mulling over a photo of him. Uh, briefly glanced out the window like, I could feel him dying. You know, that whole, I, I knew the moment he left this world. You know, kind of thing. Anyway, cuts back to their childhood. And their father, the gypsies came to town and claimed a plot of land owned, uh, partially owned by their father, also partially owned by the bishop. And after doing a little digging, because they're like, oh, we'll just legally kick them out. But it's like, actually, the records say they might actually have... A viable claim to the land. Nothing that can't be hushed up so long as we deal with them. Now, the bishop is, uh, suggesting, eventually suggests getting a show of mercenaries. Not to kill them, but just 
these kind of people will go away if you just show them a little force. However, the um, owner of the mansion, you know, this is his this is his land. This is his livelihood at this point, and he owns the land of the village nearby. This is how he's going to provide for the family. So he decides to take it a step further. He gets the mercenaries to outright kill them all after a small disagreement. And what they kill them, they kill them brutally. Like they actively hunt down the survivors. Although there are some funny things where you like if you watch the gypsies as like they're standing over the hill watching the massacre. Some of them are just like standing still or running in circles as others are getting gunned down. They don't even try and like flee. But you all really do get a sense that like, this was their entire livelihood and they just burned it all away. And they took pictures with their dead bodies. Uh the leader the leader, the woman gets the old woman gets buried alive in the mass grave. Uh, clutching the box. They, the mercenaries, uh, actually, it's kind of funny too. The mercenaries find the silver teeth that they had abused. They had these, like, cursed silver coins and they reforged them into silver teeth. And they apparently do this whenever, uh, they need a guardian. I.e., they need a werewolf to kill, you know, their oppressors. And, uh, the mercenaries find it along with the, the old woman leader and her son. Uh, they kill the son by chopping off his hands and feet and stringing him up in a suit with tons of straw, put a bag over his head, and tie him to a cross so he's basically hanging over the field like a scarecrow. Uh, he stays through the entire movie, too, just decaying. Meanwhile, the old woman gets buried alive with the teeth because one of the mercies is like, dude, it's silver. It's like, dude, look at that. It's made from human bone, and that silver, I think, has runes carved in it. That is, like, seriously cursed Momo Jumbo. Throw that in there with the old woman. Do not get us all murdered. <laughs> Which, you know what? They are complete murderers. They are, like, horrible people. But it's almost relieving, because, like, I feel like a lesser horror movie would have had the mercenaries take the... One of the mercenaries, like, steal the silver teeth, and it's him who turns into the first werewolf or something. No. They throw them in the hole with the woman, because they're like, uh-uh, super cursed, not gonna touch it. You know what? murderous mercenary dude, you're a horrible person, but at least you're smart about it. You don't take cursed silver. <laughs> That's just horror movie 101. You don't take the creepy cursed artifact home with you. Uh, so, the woman gives them one final curse. She says, we will visit you in your dreams until one of you takes the teeth and gives us our revenge. Um, you know, and like, yeah, she's doing the entire town, many of whom didn't have anything to do with this. But at the same time, those people were really brutal to them. Like, it's ridiculous. And I've actually never really understood, like, the the um, hatred a lot of people have for gypsies. Like, I, I've never really understood the historical reason. I might look that up, actually, just to figure out why. Because, like, what's the deal? I, I just don't... I don't understand. I've just never understood. It's like, they're, you know, traveling. They have a certain culture. But I just don't understand why that means you should kill them. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get it, okay? I've never understood that. I mean, it came up in the Hunt Dragon Notre Dame, it came up in this, I've just never really understood it. I might look it up and figure out more about that. It might be interesting to learn more about history because of a movie. Uh, that'll be one of the many things that have in my back burner, though, so... Anyway. Uh, of course, everyone around town starts having these horrible visions of a, of a scarecrow, and the scarecrow is always alive. Those scenes are phenomenal, by the way. All the dream scenes, especially with the kids, have them, like, looking at the scarecrow, and then suddenly it's on the ground behind them, and it's twisting in unnatural ways. It's very effective. Like, the creepy, decaying zombie scarecrow thing, super effed up. Loving it. Um, and, of course, eventually a group of kids all get together saying they remember dreams 
And one of them who's kind of like the idiot kid, you know, that one idiot friend who always is pushing the others to do something stupid, there are a dime a dozen horror movies, uh, decided to send them over and, you know, tell them, let's go there. I know where it is and I know what happened there because he had figured out what happened. Apparently his dad knew about it or something and he had to make them all swear not tell anyone because then his dad might get kicked out of town. Because again, they're the uh, owner of two of the kids, the main character kids, um, you know, their father owns the place. Like literally, he owns the land the town is built on. So what happens after that is they go there and after a little daring, they're daring everyone else to go, you know, try and dig up the teeth they've all seen in their dreams. You know, all the other kids are like, uh, hell no, dude, are you a freaking moron? This is, like, obviously haunted stuff. Like, we hear stories about this, and we always jeer at the idiot kids who do the stupid thing we're very obviously not doing. So, obviously, like, the moron of the group, he goes and grabs the teeth, digs them up, and put, and then he gets, you know, possessed by the thing inside them, puts them in his mouth, somehow fitting in there, I believe, magic, and uh, attacks. The younger sibling, the younger, younger brother of the main two, uh, gets bitten, and they all run away screaming. Now, afterwards, the other kid vanishes uh, and reappears later. He's not a werewolf, actually. He managed to get the teeth out of his mouth and sealed them up again. He even decided he's, but he's gotten really spooked because apparently he saw some visions and stuff like that and has been reading the Bible a lot. And he thinks that, and he eventually confides in the in the uh, older sister that he believes they are the the teeth were forged from the silver coins given to Judas of Iscariot. So biblically, Judas. So they're you know. Super cursed silver, like the most cursed silver in all of hit mythology, essentially. Uh, the OG evil silver. Which I just found hilarious. Uh, it's, it's like he immediately just goes to, it's the sick, it's the not, it's the pieces of silver they gave to Judas. I know it. He tells it to her in a confession box. It's, all like, I mean, it's a very tense scene when it happens, but saying it out loud, it sounds stupid and ridiculous. Uh, hmm. Anyway, uh, the younger brother gets really sick until he vanishes one night. The pathologist comes to town and starts investigating, but he very quickly realizes what's going on. There are a lot of tense scenes where nobody's quite willing to admit what's happened. Other people get attacked. Two other people get turned. And... Uh, you know, soon enough, the, all the town is holed up in the, uh, church while the mansion gets attacked by two of the beasts and one of their own, the last one who got bitten is turning inside the house, causing a wreck, ruckus. Uh, the hunt, the pathologist manages to kill one of the others the day before, but the mate, younger brother and the maid who also got bitten is, <clears throat> uh, attacked the house that night. They're, the house is lit on fire. The father gets bitten but refuses to turn, instead putting gasoline all over himself. He had refused to believe anything. The mother uh, had actually shown the pathologist the truth of what they did to the gypsies. Uh, and I actually really like the line she delivered right there. Because uh, like, there's all these like trophies and famous pictures of accomplishments that their family has done. And she pulls out this drawer and opens a secret um, com- compartment to reveal the picture. He's like, she was like, it's the only trophy in this house that he's ashamed to put on the walls. It's like, oh, so he does feel some sort of guilt for what he did. I mean, what he did was utterly monstrous, and he totally deserved to die. But also his son's son didn't really deserve to die, neither did his daughter or his wife. Like, they all deserved... They, they weren't, like, guilty, you know what I mean? 
they were living their lives and their father decided to do something really stupid and evil. And so they get to pay for it, which is really horrible. Also, their grandparents die, too. Like, as they're fleeing the burning house with their mother, the pathologist, and the younger sister, uh, they find that their grandparents, who had been sent away to the next town over, have been murdered in the forest on their way. They find their bodies in their horse cart. So apparently the werewolf had been stalking them the whole time. Like, also, fun fact, the werewolf doesn't change during the night. They Once they turn, they're a wolf, like this skinless dragon wolf thing. Like, it has, like, scaly skin, so it's not really a werewolf. It's just weird. Like, the design is a little, eh. Like I said, the way the werewolf transformation starts is vines start growing underneath your, inside your veins, and eventually they consume your body, and slowly, like, a fleshy blob grows up on top of the cocoon, and that shapes itself into a new form. And when they're killing the werewolves, uh, during one of the people, townsfolk that got turned, they managed to capture it, and, and he, uh, the pathologist dragged it back to show everyone that, yeah, these are werewolves. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about, because he's like the Van Helsing kind of guy. Um, they have to cut it open, and they see one of them, and one of the guys that's there is like, oh my god, my wife! And he's like, that's not your wife anymore. That thing is a monster, possessed by demons. It will kill us all. You have to shoot it. You have to shoot it. You have to shoot it. And yeah, he shoots it and all, but it's like this, like, God, how to best describe it? It's like this, like, fleshy membrane that she's like, ah. Like, she's, like, cocooned in it, and this... Uh, it's very weird, is what I'm saying. It's not really a traditional werewolf in any shape or form. And the and silver actually isn't even their weakness. It's specifically the cursed silver teeth. In order to kill them for good, the um, pathologist ends up finding the teeth, which the... Uh, boy who had been, you know, daring the others to grab it, had hidden in the church and told the daughter. He grabs him and brings him to a blacksmith to have him reforged into silver, special silver bullets. He uses them to kill one of the werewolves and then another one dies in the house. Um, the father takes himself, so that just leaves the son. A whole group barricades themselves inside the church and the mother starts like praying for, uh, God to save her son, that she, he was innocent, that he would, she would do anything. And it kind of implies that God answered her prayers or something because the werewolf starts, uh, chant, you know, talk using the whole, Mom, it's me. I'm so human. I'm scared out here. You gotta let me in. It's all over now. You know, the voice mimicry thing that every mom, that every child turned into a monster does to their parents at one point or another in the movie. Uh, <laughs> like this is such a reused trope at this point. And so the mom, you know, like an idiot opens the door. Because she doesn't want, you know, she wants to believe her son's still alive. The beast comes in and starts killing people. And <clears throat> the uh, path- the mom is being attacked and the pathologist decides to take a shot to try and kill the wolf and save her at least. And the bullet hits her, passes through her skin, her body and soaking in her blood and hits her son. And after like a flash of light, the son is revealed to be cured on the ground with a bullet hole in his side. Uh, the skin, you know, com- the, or, sorry, the bullet hole is completely keel, so he has, like, completely untouched skin, but the bullet's still in there, keeping the beast at bay forever. And the mom ends up dying, so I guess the price of her miracle to save her son was her life or whatever. Um, afterwards, the whole town is, like, distraught. Everyone's, you know, packing up and moving away. This is, like, a super cursed area. Nobody wants to live where those gypsies were massacred. And... The pathologist decides, since the kids have you know, no parents, no grandparents, and their you know home has been literally burned to the ground with their father's corpse inside, so they probably don't want to rebuild there, the pathologist decides to adopt them and take them home with him. Um, they grow up having you know happy lives. He tries to do the best he can to raise them. 
the sister really appreciates his efforts and um, years later the son ends up do- going to, off to war in World War One. He gets shot again, uh, this time with normal bullets. And when the doctors removed the silver bullet they thought was, you know, save his life, they ended up killing him because that was the only way he could still live was with that bullet inside of him. So the moment it moved, he dies, the sister feels his death and is mourning from him. So it's kind of like a, the beginning to the end kind of thing. All in all, this is a pretty interesting movie, just in how weird and atmospheric it is. Like I said, this is really something you have to kind of experience. Again, I'd probably give it an 8 or a 9 out of 10, depending on where I, what, you know, what time of day it is for me. I might, after like saying all this, I'd probably settle more on 8.5 out of 10. It's a good movie. I just, I don't know, the, the werewolves just aren't doing it for me at all. Like, I feel like if they want to do this, just have them be regular werewolves. Why'd you need to do this weird vine thing? Oh, look, we're different. It's like, yeah, but this is already a really atmospheric movie. I would have liked to see a traditional werewolf style in this movie. That would have been cool. So, uh, yeah. All right. With that done, uh, as to what's coming up, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be reviewing Friday because I don't think I'm going to be finishing Elden Ring for Friday. I have been playing a lot of Elden Ring. I'm already like, let's see here, like 20 hours in. And I'm only about to get the second of the four major Lord characters you have to kill in order to unlock the final boss sections. I have spent a lot of time, you know, grinding at my level and searching for rare items and doing all the mini bosses and side bosses and dungeons. But I'm just, you know, I think I'm going to get the next one, this the second uh, Lord soon, and then I'll try and get the other two, three and four. But I just don't think I'm going to be able to get all three of them on Thursday. I'm not going to be able to play much on Wednesday, so like I said, it's complicated, but I do not think I'll be reviewing this on Friday. As for what I'll be reviewing then, I'll have to decide then. I'll have to figure it out. But um, yeah, so see you guys next time, and this has been the Dragon's Library. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.